I used to play jokes on like like typical Maritimers asking me, where are you really from? And they say, where am I from? And I say Halifax. And they'd be like, no, but where are you really from? I'm like, the, the Scottish Highlands or the Irish Highlands. My family's Scottish. The Irish Highlands. Do you remember that? And they would just look at me and like really puzzled. <laughs> and I would make it up like, yeah, you know, we're just a little darker in the Highlands. <laughs> darker eyebrows. Do you not remember me doing that to people? And they would just look so puzzled because I was so tired it just felt like every day someone would ask me where are you really from and I was just and this is growing up in the 90s Mm -hmm. right like stop asking me that question (laughs) so I just came up with this whole I'm gonna be from the highlands yeah I made this whole story up I'm 4'11". We're different in many ways. But we're alike in more ways than you think. We've been best friends for 25 years, spanning provinces and even countries. We're always there for each other. This is the Frenzy Podcast, a story of unlikely friendship. We'll talk about our friendship through the years, from the 90s to the present day, and sprinkle in some pop culture, politics, feminism, and current events. And maybe a few guests along the way. So pour a glass of your favorite beverage and sit back as we transport you to the very beginning. Well, I'll tell you my week. Yeah, Liv, what, how, how have you been doing? Not great. I, I had a really bad head cold for five days. Like, the worst head cold I had for years. And, it, like, I couldn't work on my computer. You know that foggy brain when you're really, really sick, you can't focus. I couldn't breathe. My ears, I was really afraid I had an ear infection. I was, I was just, it was the point where my husband was, like, grossed out. If I had to go downstairs for the kitchen for any reason, he's like, what do you need? I'll touch it. Don't touch anything. <laughs> Thank God, though, when I got my COVID test, it was the throat one and not the up the nose swab because I was so oh. sinusy. I was pretty sure it's a sinus infection. Oh. oh, man. I nearly like kissed the nurse. I was like, yes, it's a throat swab. She's like, whoa, I've never met anyone so excited <laughs> for a throat swab before. So two things, but both of us have sinus problems. Did you read the book Quiet? No. So it's about how introverts navigate an extroverted world. One of the characteristics of an introvert is that they're sinusy. No. Yeah. You tend to have allergies or sinus problems or are really sensitive to tags on their clothing. And I'm very, like, I hate tags on my clothes. So do I. Mm, I thought it was really interesting. Oh, that's fascinating. Because I've had sinus Mm -hmm. stuff since I was a kid. So the five days, so the five days I was bedridden, I couldn't, I even took time off work, which is crazy for me. I decided, you know what, you know what would be really fun? I took up crocheting again. Do you remember my crochet days? I do. You made me a scarf. Remember my addiction of 2001? To crocheting? Oh, it was bad. First year university. Yeah. I don't know who it was on our residence floor, but they decided I'm going to teach some people how to crochet. And me and Allison and Harriet and this guy named Craig, we got addicted to crochet. We had a crochet club. It got to the point, Julia, it got to the point where we weren't studying for exams anymore. It was supposed to be a stress reliever, but we just couldn't stop crocheting and we didn't study for our exams. So someone, I think it might've been Karen. Karen, if you're listening, was it you who actually had to hide our crochet stuff from us because it was such an addiction? Wow. Yeah. But here's the kicker. We sucked at it. Like, <laughs> I tried to make a scarf, and it was like this rag that was like... T- anyway, I am so addicted to crocheting again. That's all I think about when I'm working. I'm like, oh my right. god, I need, to, I need to work on my crochet. I need to work on my mitten. Like, it's just constantly on my mind. The fact that I'm not crocheting right now is killing me. I feel like itchy. Like, I need to just, like, get my hands on my crochet stuff. Oh, no. I was excited that you, that you learned a new hobby, especially something to do with your hands. But if... Uh... 
Should I be worried? Should I be worried? And the worst part is, and this is going to segue perfectly into our topic. Mm-hmm. As you know, Julia, I'm a perfectionist, mm-hmm. but I really suck at crocheting. And it's very oh. hard for me. Yep. Oh, it's so bad, Jules. I'm not even like trying to be like modest. Oh, I suck, but I'm really good. No, I suck. Mm-hmm. It's hard for me because I'm a perfectionist. So what ends up happening is say I'll make a mitten, I'll unravel it, make it again, Ooh. unravel it, make it again. Oh, it's so, it's not, yeah. I even have like shoulder pain from oh crocheting. You gotta so got got cool it down. You're, you're going too hard on the crocheting, I think. Do you know that that talk that Ira Glass has given about creative people and their taste level? And no. the essence of it is, I, I'm probably going to butcher it, but the essence of it is when you're a creative person, you have really good taste. And the reason you want to start making things, whatever the thing you want to make is, is because you have a really high taste level. But when you start making the thing, your ability and your taste level, there's a huge gap and you have to work to get to the point where, and it takes a long time, like years to work, to get to the level where your taste is, where your expectations are and like what you want to be doing and the stuff that you love and the stuff that you like. So it's really more about, in this case, it's, it's how I think about like writing or music, stuff like that. But this is no different. Like, you know what you want to make. You're a perfectionist. You have a high level of expectation, but you're at a lower level and there's that gap there. And it's very, it can be very frustrating. I'm not going to lie, but when you first opened the sentence saying you have high taste, I was like, oh, taste? Is it synesthesia? Can creative people taste more than non-creative people? No. <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, boy. So let's segue. So speaking of perfectionism, our episode today is about Myers-Briggs personality types and what it reveals about us and how it allows us to have a deeper understanding on how we negotiate the world and make our decisions. And today specifically, we will be talking about Myers-Briggs. Mm-hmm. Because it's a test we've both taken mm-hmm. and it's kind of a good starting point. And it's a good way to kind of synthesize all of the things, all of our characteristics in a way that makes it easily understandable. Exactly. And for those of you who aren't familiar with Myers-Briggs, it's basically a questionnaire and it's supposed to test you on how you perceive the world and how you make decisions. There are 16 personalities that come out of this test. And basically each personality is a is comprised of four letters. So E if you're extroverted, N if you're intuitive, T if you're thinking, J if you're judging. So there's um, eight different letter convert like Sorry, there's 16 letters. No, wait, four and four, eight letters, which will give you um, 16 different com- combinations. Why am I stuttering so much? You won't have to do math. I like the words. <laughs> <laughs> Basically, four plus four is what? There are letters that comprise your personality type. So for me, I'm an INFJ, which is the rarest personality type in the world. I think only two to three percent of the population have it. And INFJ stands for introverted, intuitive, feeling, and judging. And Julia, you are an INFP. So we're very close. So I guess the letter difference then for us. So judging is someone who prefers to have matters settled 100%. If books do not end in a way that settles the entire plot, I cannot sleep at night. I hate, oh, Salinger. And 
He never wrapped up his plot and it would drive me nuts. And an ending of a book can ruin the whole thing for you. Like if you love a book until the very end, if the end sucks, you hate the whole thing, right? It basically ruins everything. Yeah, definitely. I I have that a little bit too. So for P, prefer to leave your options open. You see rules and deadlines as flexible. 100%, Julia, you see rules and deadlines as flexible. We'll talk about that. That used to drive me nuts in junior high and high school. Now that's interesting because deadlines, no. Rules, yes. Deadlines, I thrive on deadlines. I work really well on, on a deadline. But rules, I'm very much a rule follower unless the rule is stupid. <laughs> and, and then I won't follow it. I'll tell. Yeah, we'll get into that. I'll tell. I'll tell a story or two about a, a good. I have a good example of that. Let's talk a little bit about people who follow Myers Briggs have written about our two personality types. So one thing about INFJ personality type that I really that really resonated with me and that helps me understand myself is what I just talked about perfectionism. It's a big, I I think it's a problem in my life because I never feel like something's good enough. Right. And it causes me a lot of stress. (laughs) So even at work, like if it's not perfect, if there's even one tiny mistake or one detail that's not quite right, I will obsess about it. And I will be like, I'm not good enough because it's not perfect. So that is definitely an INFJ characteristic. How about you? What's an aspect of being an INFP that really resonates with you? One thing that both of our our personality types have in common is the feeling of being misunderstood and feeling kind of out of place, no matter what sort of group we're in. I think that we're adaptable, but I think that we're always searching for understanding for other people to get where we're coming from and to get what we're talking about. And that's something that really clicked with us when we first met was we understood each other. Like we didn't have to Mm -hmm. explain ourselves to each other because we got it. Like we have a connection. We've talked about that before, but this week you bought a pair of earrings that I already own. Mm -hmm. The same earring. Exact same ones. And I didn't know you had them. I do feel like I don't fit in a lot and I don't fit easily into a box. And a lot of times when I start jobs and stuff, I was a temp for a while. And I would sort of bounce from job to job. And I would like try to fit into the work culture. And in in interviews, I would always ask, what's the work culture like, like sort of give me a snapshot of what the work culture is, so I can kind of understand. And I would often feel, even if I understood it, I would often feel like left out. And I would try to make connections. And sometimes I would, sometimes it would work. But sometimes it would just be like, okay, we can talk around the water cooler at the in the kitchen at lunchtime, but we'll just get our work done. I think people think I fit in because I'm a good chameleon. Mm-hmm. I can adapt really well to different social situations. But even in those social situations, I think in my mind, I feel really different than everybody else. Mm. So in my mind, I'm very isolated, but people perceive me as like, oh, she's easygoing. Because I think you know that, like, mm-hmm. if, when we're around new people, what are the first things people say about me to you? She's great. She's easygoing. She's funny. In my mind, I'm like, oh my god, these people are going to hate me. I don't, I don't like fit in. I don't, I don't know how to talk to them. I don't know. 
it always felt alien to me around a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because everyone says anytime anybody meets you, they say, oh, Tanya's so sweet. She's so cool. And I think that too. And that's true. But that's always, that's the first impression. You make a very good first impression. And that may be like a coping mechanism. Sustaining that though, I think when when there's frequent interactions with me, I think people will start to see she's weird. <laughs> <laughs> and I've had people say that to me. Oh yeah, where they've, me too. where they've had to spend an extended period of time with me, they'll actually say, "You're you're kind of an oddball, aren't you? You're you're not who I thought you were. You're a little bit of a weirdo, or you're really or the other point I get is nerdy, which fine, mm-hmm. yes, I accept that. And I never felt that way with you. I've never felt like I was the weird one. I no. I did feel like I was a bit of the nerdier one. Uh, but I tend to be the nerdier one in every group. That's It's just we're nerdy in different ways. Yeah. And because your nerdiness leans more towards science, I think that's kind of more of a almost stereotypical nerdiness, mm-hmm. whereas mine leans more toward like language and trivia. Like I can keep trivia in my head that doesn't make any sense and I'll just rattle off a bunch of stuff. You're like, it's weird that you know that off the top of your head. I remember being, I think, maybe 20, 21, before I met Michael, lying in bed in my house in undergrad thinking, I don't think I'll, I'll ever find a soulmate because I don't think I'll ever find someone I can truly be myself around. Oh, I remember thinking that and analyzing that, actually, and thinking because sometimes I just literally do not know what to say to people. I think yeah. I don't know the conversations like when I was maybe dating around. I remember thinking I have nothing that like we're not clicking conversation wise. Like there might be some physical chemistry. And I remember having this realization. I had this like clear cabinet looking at the stuff in my cabinet thinking, I don't know if this is going to happen for me. I, I don't know if I'm going to find no. someone I can have the type of conversations I want with who aren't my best friends. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm single. So that's something that I kind of still think about. Um, Not maybe in as explicit a way. Mm -hmm. Is that the right word? You know what I mean? I don't think about it in specifically those terms, but like a first date for me is a a nightmare. Uh, One thing that both of us have in common, again, another thing is that we hate small talk. I don't know how to small talk. I hate small talk. And that's like, like a job interview, a uh, first date, I get mm-hmm. so nervous. I get like mm-hmm. sick to my stomach because it's all that stuff about like, well, how, what do you do for a living? How many siblings do you have? That kind of stuff just seems so inane to me. I just want to get to the part where we know each other well enough, where we can talk about, you know, the finer points of a plot of a TV show we watched or like the philosophy behind why a fashion designer made a collection the way they did, you know, whatever it is that I'm interested in talking about. And I think we both have a lot of like a really well-rounded set of interests. Like we're interested in a whole bunch of stuff, but that's not what people want to do. That's not how things work. You've got to get through the cocktail conversation first. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you a sneak preview in my mind when I have to network with people at a party. Oh, Do you want to put me yeah. in an uncomfortable uh, situation? Put me in a party mm-hmm. where I literally don't know anyone and I have to go and talk to people. Oh my God, Mm-mm. I'm like stick to my stomach just thinking about Mm-mm. it. Here's what happens in my mind as an INFJ. Oh God, 
Tanya, just just smile. Someone will come to you. Let them come to you. Just look open for conversation. Oh, you caught one. They're coming over. They're going to talk to you. No, they're getting a snack. It's okay. Just just maybe say hi. Just say hi. Just do it. Say hi. Oh, you said hi. That's great. <laughs> awesome. Now, what the hell do you do? That person's just looking at you. Say, how are you? Great. You said, how are you? Oh, no, that person's only giving you one word responses. Okay, abandon. Just walk away. Walk away. Like, this is what happens in my brain when I have to network. <laughs> I know for INFJ, I haven't done enough research on INFP. You tend to take care of everybody else's needs but yourself. And it happens right. to me consistently for the long, like, I don't even remember a time where I put myself first. And, and I don't, like, I can't, like, I don't know how to do it because you work so hard at making other people around you happy that you forget, like, another thing with an INFJ, I'm not sure, I think INFP is very different on this. I know exactly how everybody else in the room is feeling. I can sense it. I cannot tell you how I'm feeling. I have a very hard time understanding my own feelings. So people might think, oh, you have a low EQ. Actually, I score really high in emotional intelligence for other people. And I, I'm able to diffuse a situation because without telling me, I can tell what you're feeling. And that's why Zoom has been really difficult for me as a INFJ because I read, it's almost like yeah. I can feel what people are feeling. And I, it's harder for me to understand people's motives and to read what they're not saying, like with their fine, like body movements or microfacial mm -hmm. expressions that I, I've been misreading a lot of situations that usually I wouldn't misread because I rely on that as an INFJ oh, so much. That's been a struggle mm -hmm. since COVID-19 is the inability to physically interact with people. Yeah. And I didn't realize how much I rely on those other sensory yeah perceiving skills to form my judgment, if that makes sense. It absolutely does. And I have found now that you bring that up, I hadn't noticed it. But I've that's happened to me um, recently, too, with my work, I thought I was being taken off a project. But I just misread the email and jumped to the conclusion that I was being taken off the project. In fact, someone else was being brought in not to replace me, but to replace the person who was going to edit what I was doing. So the next person in the chain, basically. Another thing about an INFJ that really resonates with me is people feel like they don't know me. That's come up a lot in my life, even with people I thought were really close to me. They're like, I just feel like I don't actually know you. And that's true because I don't share. I don't share a lot. I mm -hmm. let people share everything with me and I, I listen and I give advice, but it's very, very, very challenging for me to tell people how I'm feeling or, or things that are go like really going on in my life. I feel maybe two or three people that I can actually talk to about that and that's it. Mm -hmm. And it took Michael years, my own husband years for us to actually get to that level because I'm not, I'm not an open book. I'm really not. I think it took a while for us to get to that mm -hmm. point too. I think it's really been in our thirties that we've been able to be like really truthful and honest with each other and say things out loud that we normally wouldn't say, or normally wouldn't say too, like wouldn't even talk about. Yeah. I know that there are a lot of things I only tell you and I wouldn't, wouldn't tell anyone else. That's because we have like broken each other in, I guess. <laughs> like we're, we've known each other for so long that we've sort of like broken through the top, that top layer, which is almost impenetrable, but we've gotten through. I've, I've gotten the same thing from people who I get a lot that people think I'm intimidating. And I know that has to do a lot with my size. I'm very tall. 
and I do have a resting bitch face. So I do, I know I can just like scare people just by my appearance. Also, it's just that I don't let people in a lot and I don't share what's going on and I don't sort of let people know who I am. And that's happened in, in work situations too. Like I've been so adaptable where I have lost myself. I've like become like, okay, this is going to be work, Julia. And work, Julia has a specific like set of outfits and lipstick color and shoes and an attitude. I don't talk about any other stuff. And then like, I'll get to talking to somebody if they like sit down and ask me a bunch of questions and they find out that I you know, that I'm a writer and I was a musician and all that kind of stuff. And they're always almost shocked because I'd never mentioned anything and never shown signs of any sort of creativity. So people get surprised. And that's, I think, along those same lines, I think that's a very INFP thing. Just being like really wanting to do all of the things that you want to do, like having lofty goals, being creative, but then realizing that you've got to kind of do jobs you don't want to do and then adapting really well to those jobs, maybe too well. Another thing that both of our personality types have in common, not a bunch of friends, but a, a close knit group of a small group of very close friends. But still, I feel like like the first thing I think of when you say, like, show them your vulnerability, I think like, but don't let them know you're weak. Never show your weakness. Yeah. yeah. And that's yikes. Not great. That's, that's, that's not great. That's not, that's a bit yikesy. That's a bit yikesy. I'm trying to show my weaknesses a little bit more because I think, I think some of the reasons why I didn't have a lot of friendships sometimes is people thought I was too perfect. <laughs> Does that make sense? Like, oh, she always knows the answer to this. Oh, she never has a bad hair day. Oh, she's always so made up or it's not real. And there's only so far you can take a friendship when it doesn't, when the person that you're trying to be friends with is a, is a standard you can't keep up with. And it's, it's false. It's not true. It's like, it's like social media. It's not anything you see on social media. is just a one, one facet of someone's life, right? Um, I think we both can identify with really wanting people to like us. I really want, I, I want everybody to like me. Like I really care what people think about me, which is to my detriment. Um, and there's a, there's a bit that John Mulaney has in his most recent standup special where he says that he's very different from his wife because his wife, doesn't give a shit about what anybody thinks about her. Oh my God, if I could not give a shit, my life would be so different. Yeah. And he says he needs people to like him so much that she says walking down the street with him is like walking down the street with somebody who is running for mayor of nothing. (laughs) That's a great analogy. For you, it's as if you're about to become best friends with the Queen of England. That's... You don't know that I'm not going to meet the queen. That's true. That is absolutely correct. I made some possibly erroneous assumptions there, and I apologize for that. No, but but I when I heard him say that, I was like, oh, my God, mm-hmm. I, I know what that feeling is. That feeling of always of thinking like this is a very common thing on on social media now of like thinking mm-hmm. you're the main character and like yes I'm the main character I'm being watched at all times so the camera's always yeah, on me that spotlight basically. view 
An INFP aspect that sometimes would drive me nuts about you, that's definitely not an INFJ, is you're such a dreamer. Sometimes your head is like not planted in reality. I have a very rich imagination and like oh, believe me when i say life. i do too like i have whole novels that i've written in my brain you know um but for you it's yeah. almost like sometimes you lose mm-hmm. touch of reality it's not in an offensive way at all mm. no i know what you mean it feels like sometimes i will think of something and it feels like it's real and that's <laughs> that sounds bad like i'm not it's not delusional that is such an infp thing like who did you say were infps like typical of that kind of like william shakespeare william shakespeare Anne of green gables oh yes anna green gables like your head is always like it's almost otherworldly right i'm like what world sometimes Mm -hmm. i used to look at me like what world are you living on because you're not living on the same plane i am Oh, I just want to find my kindred spirit and drink raspberry cordial. I I never think in the past. I'll forget all conflicts. I'll forget fights I've had with people. Mm-hmm. But I find when you get angry, you bring up the you bring up things I don't not about me because you never really mad at me. But like, oh, remember that dude from blah 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 that. I'm like, I have no idea what you're talking about. But we could be talking about something completely different. But you'll remember everything that happened in the past. And I think that's an INFP thing. I'm pretty yeah. sure it is. And I hold a grudge. Remember that jerk face who stepped on my new shoes and ruined them in 2001? And I'm like, no. I remember. <laughs> no. I remember everything. I remember my great chocolate martini. Oh, we had so many chocolate martinis. Oh. We Paycheck after paycheck on chocolate martinis. but <laughs> Worth it. It was worth, worth it. it. If in the past you have done something to me, you will not forget. I it. will not forget it. No, I will. It's that's. It's not. It's funny. It actually makes me laugh. <laughs> it's not cute to hold a grudge, but it's I do. Hilarious. I'm like a ha- jewels. No. Like just shake it off. I was. <laughs> I was talking about this with with friends recently. I will hold grudges for other people. Like if someone has hurt you, I will hold a grudge on your behalf. You do. And you'll remember things like, remember what she did to you? I'm like, no idea. What are you talking about? I have, I have no recollection of this. INFPs, our heads are always in the future. I am always planning five years ahead. You mean INFJ. And that's something. INFJ. Jesus Christ. <laughs> okay. I just wanted to be clear. I just wanted to be clear when you, who you were talking about. Jesus H. Christ. <laughs> I'm Irish. When I get mad, I become Irish. I don't know why. I don't oh, have any Irish okay. heritage. No. Jesus, no. Mary, and Joseph. Anyway. Uh, look. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you want to hear something funny? A Lebanese girl trying to be Irish? Yeah. It's great. It's my favorite thing. <laughs> oh, man. Anyway. Anyway. INFJs, we we tend to look into the future a lot. And sometimes I don't appreciate what's in front of me Mm -hmm. because I'm so busy looking at what I want to happen in the future. So in the future, I already have a five-year plan in my head. I haven't even communicated to Michael. It drives him nuts. He'd be like, where am I in this plan? I'd be like, yeah, I would have written my second novel and we're going to live in this house and we're going to have this kid and we're going to have two dogs and I'm going to do this. And he's like, what? I've never heard this. This is is all my head. 
it's always in my head. And I always realize that when it actually comes to pass, this shall come to pass. It does. It comes to pass because I full, it's almost like I reference to something. Yeah. The, I think Wizard of Oz, you shall not pass this. I don't know. I don't know. I have the weirdest reference. Is that, Julia, uh, is that Lord of the Rings? Maybe it's Lord of the Rings. Lord of the Rings reference. I don't get. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Uh, I'm such a nerd. No, there's lots of the INFPs are supposed to be just like Tolkien and Frodo Baggins. Oh, I can I see don't know what Frodo. that means. Mm-hmm. You got to watch it. No, I don't. Because you're not going to read it. You're not going to read fantasy. Oh, just watch it. I'm sure not going to read it. I'm not going to watch it either. I didn't even like the Harry Potter oh movie. I'd love to see you try to get through a fantasy novel. You will abandon. You'll be like, why are there so many names that make no sense? Why do I have to study a map? In fantasy, there's always a map. Just, it's like, there's a map. I don't want to have to learn a, new, a fake geography to be able to understand this book. That's my it's, favorite no, part about fantasy happening. is world building. I'm like, yes. <laughs> I mean, no. Uh, there's world building and then there's having to have an index no <laughs> uh, anyway anyway big thing that's a common denominator for both of us is conflict avoiding oh yes oh man oh boy we don't fight no never we don't have fights once do you remember <laughs> that do you remember that fight that almost broke our relationship do you want to tell do you want to tell people what that fight it was bad that was the worst fight we've ever had it was we both stormed i off hated away you from each i actually other. felt hate towards <gasps> yeah, you i yeah. did i hated you <gasps> i was angry with oh, you oh i was so oh i was full of hate well you were wrong you were wrong but to be fair i was also <laughs> wrong. we were both wrong <laughs> <laughs> we were both very wrong and very proud um we and were probably angry we were angry and it was hot it Oh, we might have not eaten that day. No. We were poor. What were we going to eat? Where were we going to get our food very from? possible. It was, what was that? So we were in Toronto. It was, we were in grade 10. Was it so we that only in grade 10? Trying to, we oh my God, 15. 10. We were on a jazz band trip and we, we were so obsessed with music videos. Obsessed. So obsessed. I had... Did I mention this before that I had a, v- uh, a VHS always in my VCR? Yes, of course I knew that about ready, you. Ready to, no, I mean on the podcast, oh. uh, ready to, um, of course you knew that. You were there. there. Um, so I would have a VHS in the VCR ready to record any new music video that came on that I thought was cool. Mm-hmm. And then I would just watch this tape of my favorite music videos so we were in toronto and we wanted to find the much music building because we watched much music all the time every waking hour much music back then was so cool well there used to be just music videos it was never it was never tv shows it was just music videos like every once in a while they do like a news magazine kind of thing or like a biography kind of thing like behind the music or whatever so we were trying to find the much music building we were in chinatown the signs were not in english we had a map. There were no cell phones. No, there was no Google Map, guys. There was no Google Maps. We had a paper map. <laughs> and we were looking. And I have such a poor sense of direction. You're good with directions. <laughs> we I used to think I was. I'm, <laughs> I suck with direction. And so you were like, it's definitely this way. And I said, no, it's definitely this way. <laughs> we separated <laughs> at a certain point. Just two teenagers in a in an, a city where we didn't live, nope. just walking away from each other. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. And we were both wrong. We never mm-hmm. found it that day. We never day. found much music. No. We never found George. We were there to see George. We wanted to see George Strombolopoulos. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah. we did not find him. Mm-hmm. Um, and like, there used to be that big window outside of much music. And like, people would stand in front of it and wave, just like MTV. Yeah, we had our outfits, the outfits we wanted the TV to see us in. Listen, if you, by now, if you haven't already figured out that we would have picked out our perfect outfits <laughs> for this scenario, then... <laughs> Um, yeah, we had our outfits, we had our frosted eyeshadow on, and we were ready. Mm-hmm. And we never got there that day. No. But we were so mad at each other. But yeah, we don't fight. We like sometimes have disagreements. Mostly about music. Oh. <sighs> it's, listen, the fact that you don't like Kathleen Hanna is not my problem. That's your problem. You have to deal with that. And the fact that I don't like Ed Sheeran is reasonable. I, he's a great guy. You don't know him. He's great. I can tell. It's my INFJ intuition. Oh yeah, right. <laughs> tell he's a good guy. But then why doesn't he comb his hair? I know he doesn't I care about what he looks like. He's. I don't care what he looks like either. <laughs> he just wants to play his guitar and sing songs. He doesn't look like much. Listen, if a woman looked like that and wanted to be famous, no one would let her. That's true. You show me an ugly, unkempt woman <laughs> who just wants to play her guitar who's famous. It's so funny how hard we tried to fit in or how much we wanted to fit in when we were younger and how much more interesting it is to not fit in. And how all the people that we loved, like all the musicians that we loved and artists and fashion and all that stuff. All of the people that we really loved were the people who stood out. One of, of a famous INFP is Bjork. I love, I love her. She's so oh, I love her. weird. And I love that so much about her. We are, we both, both of our personality types, when we make connections, we make deep connections. And when we make friends, we make friends for life. We are, I'm very loyal. We're loyal, extremely loyal, because like, I think in relationships, there's ebbs and flows. And so when you're in my like circle, it's hard for me to let go. And it's very rare. I mean, that I'd let go of people that mean a lot to me. Well, I think that there are some, this is a Mindy Kaling thing that you, that you would say, uh, best friend is a tear. So we're best friends. I mean, you're my BFF. You're like top spot, but I have a best friend tier, and then there are several different tiers of people. So, but with you, I I think of you as family. You're you're my family. Like whenever I go, whenever you're here, and you're at your parents' house, and I go over, it's. Every I show up and everybody's like Julia and so excited to see me and they give me hugs and kisses and your dad will like slap me on the back and it's just oh. Julia when I go home and they don't see you like if I'm home for two days and you haven't come to see me I'd like where's Julia are you guys fighting are you guys not getting along what's going like the battery of questions that come my way if I've been home for a couple <laughs> days and you haven't dropped by to see me it's like oh my god she's busy <laughs> the last time um I was there when I was leaving, your mom was like, you know, you can come see us when Tanya's not here. You can just come over whenever you want to. And we can just talk. <laughs> so sweet. Oh. 
Imagine oh, having coffee so with my mom. It's so sweet. Julia, when are you going to get married? When are you going to have a baby? Haram, Julia. A baby is all you need in life. That's it. There's nothing oh, else, mom, okay? When your mom says, Julia. Oh, Julia. Julia. Oh, Julia. Oh, I love it. My mom's like, so what? concerned about your baby. Buried years. <laughs> Dania, you know, Julia, when's she going to have the baby? I'm like, you know, not every woman. Like, it's not their purpose <laughs> to have a baby. If you could invite anyone in the world to dinner, who would it be? I want to say something like really intellectual, like Kamala Harris or something, but it's going to be Mindy. 100%. You want Mindy Kaling? Oh, I would 100% invite Mindy Kaling over and be like, talk to me. Tell me about yeah. your creative insights. How about you? Um, Gloria Steinem. Of course you would say that. I would, yeah, I'd want to talk to Gloria Steinem about the state of uh, feminism and what it was like uh, sort of being a trailblazer and um, back in the day. Fine. No. I want to talk to Dostoevsky. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Listen, it's not, this is something. Are INFJ is super competitive because we have not I don't know that. if it's an INFJ thing. thing or if it's That's a me thing. thing. I have no idea. There, Extremely there competitive. There was a time. I'm telling this story. There was a time <laughs> we were in university and I came to visit you and we went to, oh, yep, God, you no. had a crush on a guy and we went to uh, a bar and we had some beverages. Yes, we did. And there was a foosball table there. Oh boy. And so we decided to play foosball. We were a team, you and I were a team and he and one of his friends were a team. And I was just messing around, having fun, and we were losing. And you, <laughs> you like screamed at me. She like you were like, I need you to get it together. <laughs> get in the game. And I was like, what? is this supposed to be fun? I was just like messing around with the knob. Like, how do you play foosball well? I don't know. Julia, I was so mad at you because I, I hate. You were losing. Furious. You were furious. And you were just like, you're like freaking with the knobs. You were just like yeah. twisting them. And he, oh, I so mad. We were, I thought we were having fun. But uh, you were like a real anger. Like real you anger. were really angry at me. Mm -hmm. That's a time when you were actually, like actually angry. Julia, I don't know what happens to me when it comes to competitive things. I don't like to play competitive sports and <laughs> games with you i hate competition i know you do i don't like i mm -hmm. really it makes me uncomfortable mm -hmm. i don't like it was something about like when i've worked in sales and marketing it's in certain environments when people did get competitive it was hard for me because i didn't i just wanted to do the best job that I could. Of course. I'm already competing with myself inside mm -hmm. my brain. Mm -hmm. So I don't need to bring other people into it. Like I'm already, there's already a person inside my head saying, you can't do this. You're not good enough. So I've got to fight with her and like show her she's wrong and compete against her. So I've got this whole thing already going on. I don't need external competition brought in. I'm working on it. <clears throat> working on it. 
Thank you for listening to this episode. If you want to send us an email to tell us about your friendships, you can email us at frenzypodcast at gmail.com. And you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at frenzypodcast. See you next time. and sit back as we transport you to the very beginning.